You're listening to the What the Junk Podcast with Megan Rage. I was just in the shower singing Wonderwall. I don't normally sing in the shower because, well, Brett's here and I don't want him to video me or like record me or something. But this morning I was feeling it. And I was singing Wonderwall and I was like, you know what? I'm going to name episode 42 Wonderwall because the name that I had planned for this episode would be a dead giveaway to the story that I teased yesterday on my Instagram, which is the person that I ran into at Target. And it's so cringe. So if I would have named the episode what I was planning on naming it, you would know the answer to that question. And I'm just not ready to tell you. So Wonderwall it is. You know what? The reason that I was singing Wonderwall is because Brett and I finally, our tattoos are done. Finished, donezo, finally. And so this morning, first thing that happens when I open my eyes, Brett's like, can you take a video of my tattoo? And then post it. These were his exact words. Can you post it on Liam Gallagher's page? And I was like, Huh? Do it yourself. I thought he meant the Facebook like Oasis fan pages. And I was like, why, why would I do it? You do it. And he's like, because you have the blue check mark. And I'm like, oh, you want me to put it on Twitter? Yeah. OK, you're like an 80 year old trying to describe social media right now. I don't put it on his page. I tweet him. And then, I mean, he's probably going to ignore it because I just don't, I never see him interact with anyone. He just, Liam Gallagher is one of the members of Oasis. Well, Oasis isn't together anymore. Two brothers, they're not on speaking terms, Liam and Noel. And so Brett wanted me to tweet at Liam because he's super active on Twitter. So anyways, we go outside um, in front of the pool and I take a video of his tattoo and then I post it on Twitter tag Brett, tag Liam, tag a couple Oasis fan pages. Then I put it on my Instagram because a lot of people want to see what it looks like, the finished product, because I've been talking about it so much. So I posted it on my Instagram and I used um, an Oasis song. I can't remember which one I used. One that Brett listens to all the time. Here's the thing with Oasis. Like when you think of NSYNC, like what would you say their most popular song is? Bye, 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 right? And everyone loves it or I want you, I want you back. That's them, right? Not Backstreet Boys. The fact that I even have to second guess it. With Oasis, undoubtedly in the United States, everyone knows Oasis because of Wonderwall or maybe even Stop Crying Your Heart Out. But Brett hates Wonderwall. Like it's the most popular song here and it's his least favorite song. So when I put it on Instagram, I used a different song, a song that he likes. But then I put it on TikTok, you know, just trying to go viral here. I put it on TikTok, tagged all the Oasis people. And on TikTok, I used Wonderwall because the chances of Gen Z knowing that song are far better than any of the other songs that aren't really that well known here unless you're actually an Oasis fan or unless you're a fan of that genre. So (laughs) the last video that I posted was on TikTok and I used the Wonderwall sound. So it was stuck in my head and then I got in the shower and the next thing you know, I'm singing into my my silicone loofah. I said, maybe you're gonna be the woman. So episode 42, welcome to Wonderwall. Yeah, our tattoos are done. It's so crazy. Um, they took, I, we, I, we were both supposed to have four sessions. I think I had six breadth maybe had one more than me. Maybe he had seven, but we both had our last appointments back to back on Sunday. And the the final little bits to mine, it wasn't really a lot. She, the plan was always to, you know, 
do the sleeve around my mom's face and to, to touch up the portrait because I got the portrait done back of my mom back in 2012, December 21st, 2012. So it's been almost 10 years. And if you remember, I don't know who's listening that's new, but the guy that did my portrait, I reached out to him to do the entire sleeve because I really liked the way that he did the portrait. He like ghosted me. I talked about it in previous episodes. And I think what it is, is what I want was not really his style. And what Brett wanted wasn't really his style. He's like very traditional, I guess, is the style that you would call like American traditional So I think that the reason that he ghosted, even though it's unprofessional, is because what we wanted wasn't something that he could do. So I'm so glad that that happened because that means that we found Taylor and Taylor is amazing and she did everything that I wanted. And I made a friend like I made a friend. She's so great. Like we're definitely going to hang out after this. Like I just freaking love her. I can't say enough good things. So the plan was to do this whole sleeve and then at the end to touch up my mom's portrait and I was so excited to touch up the portrait and she said it was she's like it's gonna take like 10 minutes like it was the smallest little thing out of my entire arm but we did that on Sunday so she had me hold up my phone the picture of that I used for the portrait while she touched it up and I couldn't see what she was doing but I kept looking she was like normally you don't look she's like you've been looking every two seconds and I was like I just can't wait to see it And so we got to talking about the portrait and I've told her that over the years I've gotten some real asshole comments about it. I feel like I've talked about this possibly, but like a couple times my friend Annalise has been with me and she has like really gone off on people. Like there's people that have said like, oh, why do you have Oprah tattooed on your arm? Why do you have Aunt Jemima tattooed on the side of your arm? Like, who's that? Like just, I don't, it's always asshole guys for some reason. But then there's also the people that are like, oh my God, your tattoo, like I love your portrait. And because I get such like a polarizing, such polarizing feedback about the tattoo, whenever someone says something nice about it, I'm always like, are they taking the piss? Like, are they, are they being sarcastic? Are they, is it like a mean girls thing? Like, oh, I love your purse. Where'd you get it? Or skirt or whatever she says. So I was telling Taylor all about this and she was like, we're going to bring her back to life. It's going to, you know, I can't believe people say that. Like, we're going to totally like change everyone's perception of this tattoo. No one's going to question who it is going forward. So I was telling her all this as she was doing it. And then she also was like, you know, did he flip the image, which I don't I get a tattoo language. I don't really get. But she basically noticed some flaws in the tattoo, like her mouth. He started the same side of her mouth on both sides. She was like, her mouth's off. Her nose had completely different disappeared. Like she, he was like, she was like a little white would have gone a long way in this tattoo. She basically said he should have referred you to someone else for this tattoo because this wasn't his style and it's obvious. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, you know, the day that I got it done, I posted a picture of it. Like it was still bleeding. It was still super dark and fresh and red and irritated. And I said, I posted it on my Facebook and someone, some douchebag guy commented and was like, I hope that's not real. She's like, I can't believe someone said that to you. So anyways, she finishes and I go look in the mirror and I'm like, holy shit, this looks like a totally different tattoo. And now I'm realizing just how, I don't want to use the word bad, but just how like, out of the initial guy who did it, out of his realm, this style was. Like she completely changed the way the portrait looked. So that made me want to pull up the picture that I had posted the day that I got it. So I go back to my Facebook. I find the picture. I show it to her. I look at it first and I'm like, oh my, like I'm almost mortified because you can see now looking at how well it's done, you can see how not well. (laughs) It was done initially. And so I show it to her and she's like, the look on her face says it all. She's like, 
holy shit. I'm so glad that we were able to fix this up for you. She was like, it is so much better. It, I mean, I'm going to post on my Instagram the progression. I'm going to post the day that it was done. I'm going to post um, it recently, like from over the summer. Remember my friend Sylvia took pictures of me. There's a really there's a picture where I'm looking over my shoulder and you can really see it. So I'll post the picture when I first got it done, a picture from the summer and then a picture of it now that Taylor has done it. And you are not going to believe the difference like it is she, she probably worked on it for 10 minutes and it made all the difference in the world and I'm just so excited like of course I love the entire sleeve but I'm just so happy that we were able to touch that up and make it look so much more like the picture and it's just crazy that all these years I never realized how far off it was from the original picture so I also we were talking about how tattoos were different back then like social media people you weren't able to like peruse through social media to find an artist that fit the style like you just walked into a shop or you knew someone that tattooed and that was basically it and that was the case with me like I had probably when I got that portrait I probably had five or six tattoos already but I had gone to different places to get all of them so I went to go get the portrait by someone that I knew. Well, I knew his girlfriend at the time. And so that's kind of how that came about. It wasn't like, oh, this guy's hella good at portraits, so I'm going to go to him. Just wasn't like that back then. So I'm really glad that it's like that now so that I was able to get her touched up. I mean, I just can't believe it. Every time Brett walks by me, he's like, I cannot believe how good that looks. I'm like, fucking tell me about it. Tell me you're a first time dog parent without telling me you're a first time dog parent. Let me just tell you, the baby wipe situation is out of control. This is Brett implementing this rule and our house cleaner said that they do the same so I guess Brett's not alone but every time I come in Brett's like did you wipe his paw did you did you wipe his butthole I'm like yes we're going through baby wipes at a very rapid rate in this house because every time we take Benny out which is once an hour we have to wipe him down with baby wipes before he comes back inside the house on top of that we are also giving him a bath once a week he's had two baths now it's crazy that we've only had him for two weeks like blows my mind so we gave him a bath on Saturday he had a really big day on Saturday so did we so we left for like two and a half hours which is the most that we've left him alone we had left him alone the Saturday previous to go to Costco well we went back to Costco we went to Staples we went to the grocery store Rayleigh's I think I think we went to get Gat like we went to, we went and did a bunch of shit and then when we came home we were like okay let's do a project in the garage so last year we bought all this patio furniture and it wasn't cheap by any means, it was like, I don't know, all of it was like over $2,000, I want to say. I can't remember. But it, it's from Big Lots, and it's great, but it's not made to be washed. And, you know, obviously, Brett is like Danny Tanner on steroids. So, and I mean, I'm the same. A lot of people sat on the furniture over the summer, and then it sat in the garage during the winter. So it's dusty, like fusty. And so I had started to take the cushions off of the all the... I'd started to take like the outer casing off all the cushions the past week. And then I realized, oh, this isn't supposed to be taken apart. Like the inside isn't an actual cushion. It's like fluff. So I have this pet cleaner from Bissell, this like carpet upholstery cleaner. And so we got that out. We cleaned all of the cushions. We hand washed some of them. We put some of them in the washing machine. All the while, Benny was tied to a, 
a chair leg in the garage. So he got to explore the garage. We gave him a carrot, a full carrot that he chewed on. He got to get peanut butter for the first time inside of his Kong. He got to explore the front yard for the first time. We haven't brought him out there. And then we immediately freaked out because there was dog shit in the front yard or cat shit. We didn't, we weren't really sure. But Benny started to walk towards something and I was like, what is that? And then of course I'm inside Googling, how do dogs get parvo? How soon will I see the symptoms? Like I was, I freaked the fuck out. I was like, our, our front yard's safe. There's no dogs in the front yard. And so we weren't going to bring him like to the, too close to the curbs because, you know, dogs, that's why I think it was cat shit. It was like further up and like in the bark. Anyways, had a panic attack, was like, oh my God, we're the worst dog parents ever. I just wanted him to see the front yard. And so he had a really big day. We washed everything. We dried everything. We played with him. And then right when you think it's over, we go upstairs and we get him in the bathtub. And Brett and I, it's so funny because all these years, Brett has made fun of me kind of for how I talk to Chuck and how I treat Chuck and just, you know, you don't need to talk to him like that all the time. You don't need to talk to him like that. Well, let me tell you, Brett is in full blown dog dad mode. He didn't raise Chuck from a kitten, obviously. So it's different for him. Well, now with Benny, he goes, good boy, Benny. Good boy. All I hear, he sounds like Mrs. Doubtfire. Good boy, Benny. That's all I hear throughout the house all day long. Literally, when Mrs. Doubtfire pulls her face out of the pie and goes, that's what Brett sounds like. And it's all I hear all day long. And he doesn't even say Benny. He goes, good boy, babe. <laughs> and so our neighbors, their son recently moved in with them. He's like an older guy, like 40s or 50s. And he has a dog. And we're constantly outside. And Brett just goes, good boy, Benny, the whole time. And Brett's like, the neighbor probably thinks that there's like something wrong with me. When we were talking about this on Saturday, I was legit like dying laughing. All Brett does. you I mean, he probably isn't going to do it right now because he knows I'm recording the podcast. But oh, oh. Benny's barking. Thank God Brett has his noise canceling or his AirPods in that are noise canceling. So he can't hear me talking about this. But go boy, Benny. He doesn't even say Benny. He goes, Benny. And I was like, he's not going to know his name because you're just making like a grunting sound. And then he goes, ooh. <laughs> it kills me. So Brett is in full blown baby talk mode. So we were in the bath or we were giving Benny the bath and I started to sing. I mean, I wish I should have wrote it down, but I started to sing like, good boy, Benny. Oh yeah, this is what it was. Good boy. Cause we call him good boy, Benny. Good boy, Benny. Bath time, so much fun. And then I would stop and Brett would pick up and say, good boy, Benny, you are number one. And I was just like in the moment, I'm like, we have to keep singing this cause it's keeping him occupied. But I'm like, if Brett's friends could only see what he's become, it would blow their minds. Good boy, Benny. Bath time, so much fun. Good boy, Benny. You are number one. And we were doing this as a team. Like it was a real team effort by both Brett and I. He can't say that this is just me. In fact, I'm probably doing less baby talk to Benny because I feel like it's confusing Chuck. I feel like Chuck's been pissed off the past couple days. He's been fine. And then the past two days, well, there was some rustle. Like I said, there was a lot happening in the house. For instance, we moved our mattress. Brett has been having hard time sleeping on our mattress. My back is constantly hurting from our mattress. <clears throat> God, <laughs> choke on my own saliva. So in our spare room, we bought a mattress off Instagram, Instagram, Amazon a couple of years ago. It's a memory foam mattress and it's everyone that stays here says it's super comfortable. I've slept on it a few times. It's super comfortable. So I was like, Brett, we should switch mattresses. And Brett's been wanting to do this for a long time. But finally, I was on board. I just wasn't on board before because it's a hassle to move mattresses like it's a hassle to move anything, especially when you have a cat that's scared of everything. So we go into the spare room and we start to strip the bed. And I was like, should you lay on it first just to make sure? 
like just to make sure that you like it. And he was like, no, I'll like it. Our mattress is shit. We're just going to switch it. It'll be fine. So we switch mattresses. It takes like 30 minutes. Chuck is so scared. He is hiding in a place that he doesn't normally hide. I go to get him out after it's all said and done. And his body is like limp. He is he feels like he weighs nothing. I felt so fucking guilty. And then we sleep on the bed that night. And guess what? Brett hates it. He lays down within two seconds. He's like, oh, I hate it. It's too firm. And I'm like, oh, my God, I told you to lay down on it before we moved it. Oh, my God. And then last night, no, the night before last, I woke up and Brett moved to the spare bedroom where our original mattress was in the middle of the night. And so now he wants to move it back. But I'm like, I don't want to. I feel bad for Chuck because he's just had a rough couple days like He's been getting closer to Benny and we think Benny's going to be fine. And all of a sudden he charges Chuck like he just wants to play. And Chuck hasn't swatted him yet. Like we're not to that point yet. I know once we get there, everything's going to change once Chuck shows him who's boss. But these past couple days have just been rough on him. There's been a lot going on. So he like won't respond. He won't look at me. It takes him a while to get purring. Last night, uh, Brett and Benny went to bed and Chuck stayed downstairs with me and he laid on me for a bit. And that was nice. But I've been trying not to baby talk Benny because I feel like Chuck's having a hard time differentiating who we're talking to. And also, I just feel bad. Like he's like, I'm the one. I'm good boy, Benny. I was good boy, Tut, before all of this. And now I'm just nothing. He sleeps all day. I really haven't been too concerned about Chuck up until the past couple days. And so I'm really dreading moving this mattress number one because I like the new mattress in our room I've been getting great night's sleep and because it is memory foam when we move in the middle of the night or when one of us gets up to take Benny out <coughs> me Brett doesn't wake up when I move because he's a light sleeper doesn't wait he didn't wake up last night when I took Benny out and so I just feel like we should give it a chance for my sake and for Chuck's sake anyways um things have been getting a little better with Benny I, I don't want to say a lot better because they're still like yesterday got too excited and peed a little bit on the couch. Well, it went through the blanket onto the couch. Luckily, we have that Bissell, so I was able to clean it. And then I have all this urine remover. But it's just so weird because he's, for the most part, sleeping through the night. Like, he will wake up. Sometimes he wakes up once. Sometimes he doesn't wake up at all. And he goes to the bathroom. He knows exactly where to go. But then sometimes he pees inside the house. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. And it drives Brett crazy when he pees inside the house. And Brett is constantly like, I can't do this. Like one little thing goes wrong. And he's like, I'm done with this dog. I can't do this. This isn't for me. Every day he tries to like, he tests the water with me to see if I'm willing to give the dog away. Or at least that's how it was last week. And I was getting really fed up with it because I've obviously had my weak moments, too, where I've been like, oh, I'm over this. I just want things to go back to normal. And I don't want us to both be having like this weak moment at the same time because I'm scared of what could happen. So last week I was kind of like, you need to stop saying that shit. Like, I don't want to hear it. This was your idea to get the dog. I I asked you so many times if you were sure and you said yes. So this is the decision that we made. We are living with it and we just have to know that it's going to get better. Like I snapped, you know, I was I was frustrated because I've been talking about it on this, on this podcast. I have made sure so many times before we got this dog. Are you sure? Are you sure? It's going to be so much work. I don't think anyone can prepare you for just how much much work it is. But Brett was not. Brett didn't take me seriously. So anyways, I'm up here doing my radio show last week. I think it was on Wednesday and the doors are shut. You can't really hear much, especially when I'm talking. Like I can't really hear what's going on downstairs. So I was talking, doing my radio show and all of a sudden I hear a series of really loud yelps, like really loud yelps. And my heart starts pounding and I run downstairs and I see Brett in the backyard through the screen door and he looks like he saw a ghost. Like he was 
pale. And Benny was in a ball under the go- under the gazebo. And I was like, what happened? Well, Brett and Benny do this thing where they run around the pool and they stop at each corner and Brett turns around. So Brett's running first, and then Benny's behind him and then Brett turns around and makes him sit and gives him a treat. They also run inside the house, which I I I don't want to nag Brett about everything like, oh, you're not supposed to do like that. You're supposed to do like this. So I just haven't really said anything in my head when they were running through the house the other day. I was like, oh, my God, someone's going to get hurt. And then when they were running outside, I was like, this is going to go bad one day. Uh, I do the same thing with Benny, but I run so slow, like I'm essentially walking. And so what happened was exactly what I knew was going to happen eventually is that Benny, you know, was running really fast and wasn't behind Brett. Instead, he got like under his feet. And so Brett basically like stomped him. And Brett is like shaking. I come outside and I try to like get Benny to stand up and he yelps again. And I'm like, oh my God. And then Brett goes, I think I broke his body or like his arm or something. And one of his arms at the time is like hyperextended. So I'm like, oh my God. I like get the chills. Brett picks him up. And I feel all of his legs like I run my hands squeezing down all of his legs and nothing happens. And I'm like, oh, thank God. And so I do the same thing to his body and his head and he seems to be okay. And so Brett is holding him and he's just so calm in Brett's arms. And Brett's like, all I could think about was how I've been saying that I want to get rid of him. And just I just felt so bad and how I didn't want him anymore. And then I thought that I killed him. And I was like, oh, my God. So even though it was like really sad and poor Benny did get hurt, I feel like he was bruised or like kind of sore somewhere the next couple of days. It's past now. But I really feel like it made Brett realize how much he was already attached to the dog, which has helped us immensely. Like I feel like since then, Brett and him have really bonded. Brett's been doing more with him, playing more with him because he felt so bad. The next day he called me and he was like, I just keep replaying what happened in my head and it makes me cringe. And I'm like, well, he's okay. Like, we just need to be more careful. No more running around the pool. Let's just make it like a light jog or like a walk so that, you know, we can really keep our eye on him. But yeah, that Yelp, it was so scary. I, I mean, I thought, Yeah, it was really bad, but it was almost like a blessing because it's helped us both realize how much we love him. But he's he's been better. He just is really rambunctious. And like during the day, like today, Brett's working. I'm doing this podcast. And so he's in his pen and he's pissed about it. And I just can't wait to be able to take him on walks. It's just really hard right now because we're limited on options. Like we do have a yard. Yeah, but we also have a pool in the yard. So we have to run around the pool. There's just not a ton of space. And then when we throw the ball, we're like worried that it's going to go in the pool. So I'll be really happy once he has all of his shots and we can take him to go do things to tire him out a little bit so that we're not just like in the backyard making him sit for treats for 15 minutes and then putting him back in the pen because we have things to do. So yeah, Brett wants to move the mattress back today, even though yesterday I went out and ran a bunch of errands to try to make the spare bed more comfy. We went and stayed with my friend Jen in Las Vegas like three years ago, and we slept on the most comfortable mattress. And I asked her about it, and she said it was a mattress topper from Walmart. And back then, like this was like three years ago, she sent me the link to it, and I never did anything about it. And so now, of course, I texted her. I was like, do you remember what your mattress pad is? I know she said she got it from Walmart. 
So I was like, let me just go see if I can get a mattress pad. And Brett didn't like the comforter that we had on our bed. It was, wasn't really like a comforter. It was very thin. I don't really know what you would call it, like a quilt. I, I don't really know. I'm not good at stuff like this. But we have a really nice comforter in the spare bedroom. And he had slept in there the night before because he couldn't get to sleep. And so we wanted to go back to our old mattress. And he was like, maybe if we just made the bed more comfy, I'd be able to sleep. So yesterday, I'm like, OK, this is my mission. I'm going to go find a mattress top or like a pillow top. And then I'm going to go buy a new comforter. I was going to just go straight to Walmart since I knew that that's where she got it. But man, I hate going to Walmart. So I was just like, I'll start at Target and then I'll go to Home Goods, And then if I can't find anything, I'll run to Walmart. So I go to Target and I was so excited because this weekend I had tried to get the new brown sugar oat milk uh, shake and espresso and it was sold out everywhere. So I had to get the almond milk shake and espresso and it was really good. But I was just really excited to try the brown sugar oat milk because people were raving about it online. Couldn't find it anywhere. So I go into Target and I go up to the Starbucks, you know, little section right when you walk in and I was like hey are you guys sold out of the brown sugar and she was like no she's like you're the third person to come in and ask me that this morning though and I was like because it's sold out everywhere so she made me one it was so good and I started my journey into the bed and bath section of Target I found a comforter that I felt like matched the color scheme of our room. The problem with our room is we bought all the furniture a couple years ago, but it's definitely a certain vibe. Like we got um, orange lamps. They're like very 70s. So the comforter and the bedding that we had matched that. It was like a velvety orange, like burnt orange. So I needed to keep it on that brand, either all white or with some little hints of like a certain type of pink or orange, which is kind of hard to find. Like I can't go blue. I can't go off the color pattern pattern because we have these lamps that are orange. Um, and we also have some pictures on the wall that also match that. I don't know what I was thinking. It's like real 70s in there, which is not normally my vibe, but this is what it is. So I found a comforter that I felt like would lighten the room. It's white and has like orange and pink in it. And then I went over to the mattress topper section. Well, the problem is all of the mattress toppers, they're not really for comfort. I was noticing they're to keep the bed cool or to keep like, I don't know, bugs out or and nothing said anything about comfort. And they were all really cheap, like $20. And I was like, okay, this isn't going to do shit. And then the other ones that were more expensive were gel or memory foam. And I'm like, well, Brett doesn't like the firmness of the memory foam. So I'm not going to get a memory foam mattress topper because it's just going to be more memory foam. So I left Target with just the comforter. And then I'm walking out with the comforter in my arms my Starbucks in my hand, my purse, my mouth, you know, I just, my hands are full. And I'm walking towards my car and this white Prius pulls up and rolls down the windows and goes, hey, Megan. And I look over and are you guys ready? <laughs> I mean, what are the odds that this would ever happen to me? I even said after I told this story, like, I'm never going to run into him again. So what do I care? It's the guy from Costco. The guy that I told I had, the guy that I told I had a kid to, or not, I didn't have a kid to him. I told him I had kids at Costco. You remember the story. I had to pee. I was nervous. I just didn't, I didn't understand him at first. And so I just agreed and said that I had a kid. And then he asked me her name and I said, Delilah. And then he asked me her age. And I think I said seven or nine, one of the two. So he goes, hey, Megan. And I look over and he's like, hi, good to see you. And I'm like, what are the odds? What are the odds? I said, what a small world. And then he rolls down the window to, to to the back seat of his car. And he goes, "My two of my kids are in the back seat. And so he tells them to say hi to me. He has to tell them a couple times because they're like looking down at a video game. So they start waving. And I am, my hands are full. And I'm dumb and I'm panicking because I never thought I was going to run into him again. And I put my hand up to start waving. 
but it's the hand that the coffee's in. And, you know, they have that lip now that you drink out of. So I spill coffee all over my white sweatshirt, all down my purse, all down the side of my leg. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then he goes, looks like you're getting some time to yourself this morning. Like insinuating that I'm out running errands without my get. Oh, my God. Stop it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, gotta run. Good to see you. And I just book it to my car. I'm like, what are the odds of that happening? Slim to none, right? Yes. So I'm like freaking out. I'm like sweating. Like the inside of my body is already warm from the coffee. And now it's even warmer because I'm like flustered, you know, I hit the car and I drive to Home Goods and I take a moment, <laughs> take a moment to myself and I go in Home Goods. And I'm like looking around for the mattress topper and I find a little section and I call Brett and I'm like, I don't know what to do. There are some pillow top, but none of them say anything about comfort. I've stuck my fingers inside the bag and it doesn't feel very cushiony. And also because of everything that just happened, the coffee, the awkward situation, I now have a nervous stomach times 10 and I fucking need to go home. <laughs> I need to be at home. So I just, I just buy a mattress topper from Home Goods and I get the fuck home. And oh my God, I tell Brett who I saw and he is like cringing, like the look on his face when I'm telling him this, like he puts his hands, his face in his hands and he's like, oh my God, don't tell me anymore. He's like, it's so awkward. So I make the bed up. I put the mattress topper on. It doesn't do shit. I wash the comforters. You know, nothing. the comforter did help. Brett did sleep well last night. He didn't wake up, but then he said this morning, I hate it. We need to switch it back. I'm like, but you slept through the night. So if anyone knows where I can get a good pillow top mattress topper, my friend, I did ask my friend JFO, I was like, do you remember where you got the mattress topper or what it was? She knows it was three inch and that it was gray. And I looked on the Walmart website, but I just couldn't find anything. Like, I don't know which one it is. And I feel all this pressure to figure it out. So if anyone knows where we can get, like, I'm not looking to spend $300. If like, you know, under a hundred, if you have a mattress topper on your bed, that's a pillow top, that's really comfy, please send it my way. Let me know where you got it. I called Mattress Firm and they were like, yeah, we have one online. It's $400. And I was like, no, that's how much the memory foam mattress costs. Like, I'm not... No, I'm not doing it. I told Matt, Matt, why do I keep, I've done this twice and I've cut it out earlier. I think because I have Matt all over my page for the bachelorette or the bachelor from last night. I told Brett that we just need to buy a new mattress. But my dad was telling him that his mattress was $8,000. And so Brett's like, we can't afford that. I'm like, no, he has like a really fancy memory foam or not memory foam. You know, the one that's uh, sleep. What's it called? Sleep number. I'm like, they're not, it's not going to be $8,000, but I think we just also don't want to like pile on another expense to our life right now until I get a job. So the mattress saga, I guess that's going to be my new niche until we figure that out. First it was the Peloton, then it was the Dyson, and it's been a million other things in between. So the mattress saga, welcome. Speaking of Peloton, let's read you guys a few statuses. By the way, so confused. I thought last week was my 100th ride. I even talked about it on the podcast. So I do a live ride. I don't normally do rides on Tuesdays because I'm busy. I do the podcast and it takes me a long time to edit it. And then I have to show prep and do my show. Like Tuesdays are my busiest days. But I was like, I'm going to do the Cody Rigsby ride. I talked about why last week. So I do it. And I can just tell that it's not my 100th ride. First of all, my friend Amanda's on it. And I was like, did you get a notification that it's my 100th ride? And she said no. So the website's kind of confusing because the website insinuates that when you get to 100, like that's it. You get your shirt 
and everything. But no, that's not the case. I didn't get my shirt. I didn't get an email about the shirt. And it was definitely not my 100th ride. So false alarm. I even posted about it on my Instagram. About to do my 100th ride. And then when I realized it wasn't my 100th ride, like mid-ride, I tried to reach my phone to delete it. But I couldn't reach it. So I was just like, well, that's great. I'm embarrassed. So redo in like seven rides. I haven't been able to ride, though, because I got this tattoo is killing. I feel like I definitely shouldn't sweat for a couple days. One of the major things I'm so excited about having this tattoo done is I never have to put Saniderm on my arm again. Saniderm is the most painful thing to ever take off your skin, but it helps heal the tattoo so much. There's been a few times where I haven't been able to get it with Taylor and she's just saran wrapped me. The Saniderm is what they use for like burn, burn victims and it really heals your skin, but boy, is it on there. Last night, I was almost in tears in the shower trying to take it off. So anyways, I took it off earlier than I normally do. Don't think I'll be doing a Peloton till tomorrow or the next day, but I'm on my way to 100 rides. I think I have like seven or eight more to go. Oh my God. I just went to pull up the posts in the Peloton group that I saved on Facebook and they're gone, but I am smart these days and I took screenshots. One of them said, excuse me, but I took the Megan the Stallion class. I thought this was the instructor's name. Lots of and then like the emoji with the red face and the censored and then the emoji with like the mind blown. And someone commented and said, I love Peloton, but I don't think this woman should have been part of the artist series. WAP is the most disgraceful song ever. Someone responded to that and said, why? I'm honestly curious why you feel that. Heaven forbid women should talk about their sexuality. Someone else commented, ladies finally get to let their freak flag fly and I'm here for it. That wasn't one of the posts that I say. I don't think I just took a screenshot of it. Someone else posted, how can a membership be free with a bike if you're charging me a monthly fee? What am I paying for that's different than what came with the bike? People were roasting this guy. He didn't realize that you pay for the app, that he just thought that you get the bike and all the classes are on there and that's it. He didn't realize there was a $40 monthly fee and people were fucking roasting him. But it sucks. Now that the post is gone, I can't see the comments. Someone else posted, why are warm up and cool down rides counted towards a ride? Does this bother anyone else? Just me? someone commented and said, all you have to do is delete it afterwards if it bugs you that much. Someone else commented and said, nope, talk to corporate. Someone else commented, my very first Peloton post was about this and I made the mistake of posting about it on this page. PTSD is being triggered. I had no clue I was going to get drugged like I did. See, I'm never alone. So funny. See, people are constantly deleting their posts after they get dragged. Something else, this isn't a roast, but I saw it on the page last week. Um, someone was in Hawaii and they saw a truck with a camera kind of rigged to the front. And I guess it's how they film the scenery ride. So if you don't have a Peloton, <laughs> if you don't have a Peloton, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can do classes. You can also just ride, but you can also do scenic rides. You can do like a 45 minute ride around New Zealand and there's all these different destinations. And um, you're, it's just you're pedaling while there's a video that's riding around whatever the location is. I've always wondered how it's done. Is someone actually on a bike? It seems like it because they seem to go down narrow paths, but then also people are always staring. So if it was someone just on a bike with like a GoPro, they wouldn't stare as much as they did. So I figured it had to be something else, at least in some areas. Maybe some areas is a bike and some areas is something else. Anyway, someone posted that they were in Hawaii and they saw a truck with a camera rigged to it and they asked what they were doing and it's Peloton filming for a scenic ride. So it's pretty cool how it's set up. I'll post that as well on my Instagram so that you can see it. That would be a fun job, like riding around different beautiful places and filming 
destinations and like the scenery for Peloton. Sign me up for that. Oh, speaking of that, let's talk about my job interview. I'm still not going to say what it was for, but it was on Friday and it was on Zoom. And I know that they were doing interviews back to back because the email that I got said, don't log in um, any sooner than 10 minutes before your scheduled interview time. My interview was at 10. So I log in at like 952. Cause I was like, that doesn't make me look like, you know, it just seems like a good, good amount of time before. And I see a panel and I hear a guy talking and it sounds like he's answering a question. So I freak out and I exit the room really quick. And I go downstairs and I'm like, oh, my God, Brett, I just logged on during someone else's interview. I was like, I just logged out really quick. And he was like, well, just log out or log back in like right before the interview starts, or like right at 10 o'clock. And I was like, yeah, good plan. So I sit here and I am like, my palms are sweating. I just feel so anxious. It just worked me up right before the interview. And so I log on right at 10 and I see the guy again but this time they're not talking and I just start dying laughing I'm like oh my god I was like I thought I thought you guys were doing an interview that's why I logged in and logged out so fast and she was like we figured that's what you thought she was like we were cracking up because you logged out within like a millisecond she was like (laughs) we figured that you thought there was an interview taking place and that you logged in too early oh man at least it was kind of an icebreaker I didn't feel anxious after that because we were all laughing so hard I feel like the interview went really well. We did like role playing during the interview. And on my when I've been on the radio in Sacramento, with the exception of Fuego, when I was at CBS, I wasn't when I was on the morning show, I didn't say Megan Rage. Megan Rage was kind of born in that era. And then when I moved to now 100.5, I wasn't allowed to say Megan Rage. In fact, I was told to take the rage off of my name, which I feel like was a contributing factor to why I got let go. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. I wouldn't take it off because it was my brand. It was my website. It was my like Twitter handle. It was just everything. You know, I'm not changing the Megan Rage. I've built that brand, so I'm not changing it. Then I got to Fuego and I was able to use Megan Rage. And then the station I'm at in Oregon, I use Megan Rage. So I don't say my name every break, but when I do, I say like, you know, it's 104. 7 K duck Megan Rage here or it's Megan Rage on 104.7 K duck so keep that in mind I, I use Megan Rage when I'm saying my name out loud I'm, I'm using Megan Rage a lot so we do role playing and we're doing like a fake phone call and I have to pretend like I'm answering the phone because this is a customer service job and before y'all come at me because I talked about customer service in the past, I'm not allowed to, or I'm not willing to do customer service for minimum wage. Okay, let's just say that I work hard for the money. I'm willing to do it for this. Okay, thank you. So I, they go like ring, ring, and I say, hi, thanks for calling. Beep. Um, Megan Rage speaking. How can I help you? And then I go, oh, I mean, Megan Make just Megan because I wouldn't say my first and last name. Right. I just flubbed it. And then the person that's doing the role playing with me then uses Megan Rage for the rest of the call because that's what I said. Oh, my God. I felt like such a bonehead. Like what an idiot. Megan Rage. Great. So now they think I have anger management problems. Number one. Number two, I don't want them like looking me up or knowing that my persona is Megan Rage. I don't want them finding anything about me. Like just hire me and then you can get to know me and then it'll be all good. Anyways, other than that, I feel like it went really, really, really well. And I should know by the end of the month if I got the job. But fingers crossed, I'm manifesting. I got off that call and I was like, I got that job. I got that job for sure. So I treated myself to some lunch. (laughs) Watch me not get it. I was like, I deserve this. I did so good. Oh, man. So, yeah, cross your fingers for me because I'm really freaking hoping that I get it. Hey, did you guys hear that One Speed's closing? 
I saw it on um, the Capital Eats page that I talk about on Facebook. I guess whoever owns the building is tearing it down and building a new building and putting new people in there. So One Speed is losing their lease at the end of the year. And the article said that the owner plans on reopening, but it's just dependent on when he finds a spot and, you know, rebuilds and gets back up and running. Isn't that the saddest thing ever? I mean, I'm glad they're not closing permanently, but I'm having Bandera flashbacks. Although Bandera was never really my jam. I know everyone in Sacramento was on Bandera's ball sack. I wasn't one of those people. I think because when I was growing up, my dad, I'm like, where do you want to go for your for your birthday? And I would be like, Macoonies or Chili's. <laughs> I used to love the fajita from Chili's when I was a kid. And we would go to Bandera. Every special event was at Bandera. And so I think that it, because it was never my choice, I just had like this salty taste in my mouth about Bandera. But Bandera said that they were going to reopen. Gosh, my eyes hurt. I just rubbed my eyes and I feel like I have a bruise in like the corner of my eye. What could cause that? Weird. Um, I feel like Bandera said they were going to reopen. Do we think that's going to happen in Sacramento? Weren't they going to find another place? It's been a while now since they've closed. So yeah, get your one speed on before the end of the year because it's going to be gone until it's not. I'm getting the vaccine. I'm so nervous about it. I wasn't anticipating getting it. Like I was really going to hold off. Look, I knew I was going to have to get it because if I want to travel, I feel like they're making it a necessity. So I knew I was going to have to get it. There's no way that I'm going to get around international travel without it. But I was going to try to drag my feet on it. Like I was not not first in line to get it. But I've talked to a lot of people, women, who have gotten their second round and been sick for like a day, but really sick, like can't function. And so I feel like just in case I get this job, I should be proactive and get the vaccine before. Because if I get this job, I can't miss work for a long time. Like I have to do a seven week trip. Like I can't miss work for a long time. So I'm going to get it. And I'm so nervous. And I don't know why I'm so nervous. Obviously, I'm no obviously I'm no doctor. Oh, really? Goes without saying. I just feel like, oh, it just makes me nervous. I could say why. There's multiple reasons, but they're just all ridiculous. Brett's the conspiracy theorist in Brett has gotten to me a little bit and just like some shows that we've watched. So anyways, but I'm getting it. My first dose tomorrow. So when you're listening to this, I may have already gotten it. I've heard everyone that I've talked to has said that they've gotten really sick after the second one. So that's the one that I'm going to be especially nervous about. Bring on the first one. Real nervous about the second one, especially because I'm not used to being sick. When normal life was happening, I would get sick like a couple times a year. Normally when the seasons change, I think it was always like a like a mix of cold and allergies. But I haven't been sick, knock on wood, in a year because we don't do anything when we go out. We're sanitizing. We're wearing masks. Um, you know, s- s- health and safety is just top priority these days. So I feel like when I do get knocked on my ass for that day, it's going to feel real fucking rough. Last week, Brett and I sat down for dinner and I got a call from L.A. And I was like, oh, it's a spam, like the one that I got on last week's podcast. So I didn't I didn't answer it. And I just realized yesterday that they left a voicemail. Gosh, my eyes hurt behind my eyes. Like I'm touching my eyes are closed. It's just on my right eye. I'm touching my my eyes are closed. I'm touching my right eye and like my bone, like my brow bone hurts. Did I hit my head? What could cause that? That is so weird. Um, I just realized that I had a voicemail 
and it was 40 minutes long so or 40 minutes 40 seconds so I was like hmm this probably wasn't a spam call and it's this guy my my name is on a database for like casting directors because I've applied for reality tv in the past and then a bunch of game shows have reached out to me I talked about one of them recently so there's a show this game show called don't forget the lyrics. I had to think for a second. Don't forget the lyrics, which I would be great at. Do you hear how much I sing? Either I would be great at it or I would be bad at it because I'm always changing the lyrics to songs. So the voicemail said that he wanted to talk to me about the game show and possibly be being on it and films in L.A. and yada, yada, yada. Give him a call back. I don't think I'm going to just because watch I finally get on a game show and then I'm going to get this job and it's just going to be a clusterfuck so I don't even want to start down that path and not be able to do it so I'm just not going to call him back even though I really want to because I'm curious I feel like like what what money is at stake here but yeah so random finally one of these days I'm going to bite the bait and I'm going to actually get on one of these shows and I'm probably not going to win any money because I'm not good under pressure but (laughs) at least it'll be fun Lots of entertainment news to talk about today. First of all, what's with everyone prying into people's personal lives and creating rumors based off of absolutely nothing? Now, the J-Lo A-Rod thing, I guess that wasn't based off of nothing. There's been drama ever since the Madison girl came forward and like insinuated that there was some sort of contact or someone else did during, during the Southern Charm. I don't watch that show. So on Friday, the news broke, page six, I believe, is who broke it, that J-Lo and A-Rod had broken up. And at first, I was like, okay, I need a few more news sources to confirm it. Once it's on TMZ, I'll believe it. Shortly after, it was on TMZ. So it seemed to be true. Everyone was reporting it. All day, we went thinking that they were broken up. And then in the evening that night, they released a statement saying that they were still together, that they were working on some things, but that they were definitely not single. They're still together. I'm like, what? How did everyone get it so wrong? But I feel like the source just took it and ran with it. And then everyone believed it and just started reporting on it. But then there was another situation this week with Tasha and Zach. So if you haven't heard, Tasha and Caitlin Bristow, they are going to be hosting. They're not calling it hosting, though. They're like calling it helping out and mentoring the next season of The Bachelorette, which is starts filming this weekend. And it's with Katie, vibrator girl from that season. They're not letting Chris Harrison host this season. It does appear that he is going to be back. And instead, this season, Caitlin Bristow and Tasha are filling in. I was excited when I just thought it was Caitlin Bristow because I do like Caitlin. But when I heard it was Tasha and Caitlin Bristow, I didn't like it as much. And here's why it has nothing to do with Tasha. It has everything to do with Caitlin. Her, she might be the biggest person in the Bachelor franchise right now. She has the biggest following. She's been on Dancing with the Stars. She has her wine brand. People just love her. She's been on Broadway. I think that she is very much an attention seeker. And I think she's the type that says like sarcastic things so that people like her. And I just feel like she always has to steal the spotlight. And Tasha is not like that. So I'm I'm worried that Caitlyn is going to try to outshine Tasha the entire season by being like too witty or overly funny or just I just feel like it's not going to come across great. But we'll see when they say helping out or, um, you know, mentoring. Maybe this season is going to be mostly without a host and they're just kind of kind of kind of going to sprinkle in here and there. Like when Jojo filled in for Chris Harrison, you didn't see her as much as you normally see Chris Harrison. So maybe it'll be like that. Maybe it's going to be more hands off this season. 
But what really blows my mind is Chris Harrison can't be on the season. They're still putting him on a timeout. But last night during After the Final Rose, he voiced all of the imaging for the episode. Like, we'll be back with Emmanuel coming up next on ABC. Like, that was all Chris Harrison. Why not have Emmanuel voice it or anyone else or hire a voice person? Why are you going to say, Chris Harrison, you're not allowed to be on After the Final Rose, but can you please voice all the promos for it? Like, it makes no sense. And it obviously also sends a clear picture that he's going to be back. Caitlin and Tasha have made it very clear that they are not taking over for Chris. They are just going to be here for this season. And then it's going to go Katie's season of The Bachelorette. Bachelor in Paradise, and then Michelle's season of The Bachelorette. Now, my guess would be that Chris Harrison will be back for that season, which would be interesting to see how he handles it being back for Michelle's season as opposed to Katie's season. The reason Michelle didn't go first is because um, she's a school teacher, and if she would have started filming right now, she would essentially be gone for the entire year because she was gone filming Matt's season as well. Before I really get into The Bachelor and after the final rose and stuff, I want to go back to Tasha and all the other rumors that I've been hearing lately. So there were rumors floating around that Zach had unfollowed or Zach's mom had unfollowed Tasha and her podcast page clickbait and that Zach didn't comment on her picture when she went into quarantine and announced that she was going to be hosting or helping out with the new season of The Bachelorette. And there were all these rumors that they had broken up. She wasn't wearing a ring. Well, she got on Instagram yesterday and said, you guys just let like she was very nice vocally about it. But then she also wrote captions on her story that said, like, don't pull like, let us be happy. Don't make something out of nothing. She said she's getting her ring cleaned and resized now that she's in the area to give it to Neil Lane to be able to do that. She said Zach is 100 percent supporting her. They're absolutely still together. And Zach's mom did not unfollow her or the clickbait page. Like people just like to stir up drama and rumors that aren't true. Nothing is wrong with Tasha. Nothing is wrong with Zach. He is in full support of her filming this season. I'm sure that it is rough on them being a new couple and being away from each other. But distance makes the heart grow fonder. And then another couple that's been up to something is JoJo and Jordan Rogers. I suspected that they were hosting Bachelor in Paradise, but they announced today that they're hosting a new show for TBS called The Big D. It's a dating show. Wow, that's an appropriate name. It show, The show is about love, healing, dating, and realizing that divorce isn't the end of your story, but just the start of your next chapter. <laughs> I guess there's one little twist, she said in the caption. We're doing this all alongside their ex. Oh, man. This is a random show. Why are they hosting it? Like, I don't understand. The show on TBS, maybe they saw JoJo do the little little taste of hosting during Tasha season and liked what they saw. And so now they've brought up. I don't know. I feel like it's really random. But I guess they're not hosting Bachelor in Paradise. So that makes me wonder who is hosting Bachelor in Paradise. I wonder if it could be Emmanuel. He did a really great job on After the Final Rose last night. I do feel like it was a little out of his comfort zone as far as just like, did he even watch the season? Were his were his questions based off of what he knows and what he's read and like the skimming that he's done of the season or did he actually watch? But I will say that he was very engaged. I felt like all of his all of his questions were well thought out, but not rehearsed, if that makes sense. So could he be the host of Bachelor in Paradise? I think it's definitely possible. I feel like based on Twitter, the feedback on him was really great. Last night, the finale of The Bachelor, it was just a train wreck. I mean, I feel like Matt, I almost just called Matt Brett. Matt is always like this super bubbly guy with a smile on his face, joking around. But ever since we saw him sit down and talk to his dad, 
things have been different. His demeanor is totally different. And last night's episode was just so uncomfortable. First of all, did anyone see him rubbing his mom's leg? Like, that was a lot for me. Everyone on Twitter was talking about it and I missed it. So I had to go back and watch it afterwards because I was live tweeting last night. When I'm live tweeting, it's like I'm watching, but I'm more so listening. And his mom is a little scary. I feel like she's very just direct and that is scary to me. But I also feel like what she said held a lot of weight with him and totally changed everything. Like love is not the end all be all. We've been seeing that in the teaser for the entire season. We finally got to see the context around it. And Matt is just scared of doing what his dad did to his mom. He's worried about, you know, making a commitment to someone and then not following through with that commitment. So it started, he started to get in his own head based off his mom's words about possibly proposing to someone and then not following through with the engagement. So poor Michelle had this great interaction with his mom. I thought that Michelle's interaction with his mom was better than Rachel's interaction. I just felt like she was a little warmer to Michelle and got a better vibe from Michelle. And Michelle thinks it went so well. And then Matt comes to her room and she gives him this gift. And Matt's reaction is just so off-putting. Like he's like, uh, okay. And Michelle gives him all this stuff. And then she quickly realizes when he says that he needs to talk to her, that something is different. I almost tweeted that feeling when someone's about to tell you that they're, they want to break up or that they don't like you and your insides get warm and you get sweaty and your heart starts pounding. And then on after the final rose, she basically described exactly how I knew she was feeling. She was like, you know, you get all flushed and Anyways, and then Matt just goes on to like say that he's not ready and he's and he he can't get there with her and she is so upset. And then instead of having like this long drawn out conversation they normally have, Matt just completely shuts down and basically leaves. I tweeted like if that was me, I would have made him sit there for hours explaining himself. But it just it just seemed like he didn't want to have the conversation. Like he is such a warm human being, or at least how, that's how it's appeared all season. He was ice cold when he left that room. Like it was like, I can't do this and I'm done and I don't care that you're crying and bye. And I feel like at first I was like, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the producers cut some of their conversation out. But then on after the final rose, it was clear that what we saw was the extent of it. And she was left in the room just in tears. And Matt was upset, too. But I don't really think Matt was upset about Michelle. Never really seemed like he cared too much about how Michelle felt. I think he was upset because he was he had drum. All these feelings were coming up for him. He had seen his dad. It didn't really go all that well, although it ended on a high note. Then he talked to his mom, who basically said, like, fuck love. <laughs> fairy tales aren't real and that got in his head and then he tells Chris Harrison you know I don't I don't think I can do this which a lot of people were speculating from the beginning that Matt was never there to be married or to get engaged um not skinny but not fat has referenced a few times that Matt has like or that Tyler Cameron has coached him through the season like man just go on the bachelor and then you can get Gigi Hadid like I did when I'm done I don't think that was the case here's why Matt already had a bunch of clout thanks to Tyler and just thanks to him being a good looking guy who was social and had a lot of things going on before the Bachelor season. I don't think that he needed the Bachelor to get girls. He was already hanging out with Kylie Jenner's best friend. Like what more? How 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 much more clout could you get? I think that he was on the Bachelor to find someone. I think that he did love Rachel or like her a lot. And I do feel like Rachel's feelings were very genuine. I mean, how could you not see that? I teared up at one point when they were doing the end finale thing, not proposing, but like 
he was telling her that he wanted to be with her because you could just tell that she was so relieved. Like you felt that anxiety in her. Also, shame on Chris Harrison. Chris, I feel like Chris Harrison was pissed once he realized Matt wasn't going to propose to anyone. I feel like Chris Harrison went to Rachel's room to tell her that he had canceled the date to tell her that Matt had canceled the date only to instill fear in her to create drama since there wasn't going to be this big cliffhanger at the end of who is he going to propose to? Like they had to make up that drama somewhere. So he made, he told Rachel that knowing that her reaction would be chaotic, therefore dramatic. And then Matt sits down with Neil Lane also out of, not out of want, but out of necessity. Neil Lane was probably already scheduled to be there and he'll be damned if his rings aren't going to make an appearance. So I feel like he also got a win-win out of this because he got to showcase his rings and his name is and his brand, but he didn't have to give a ring up for free. Because I feel like I've read before that the rings are like $150,000 and they get to keep them if they get married and stay married for six months or if they just stay together for six months. No, I'm pretty sure they would have to get married. Anyways, Neil Lane didn't have to give up a ring for free. Matt still took one just to make it seem like there was a possibility of proposal, even though it was so clear there was no way in hell Matt was getting down on one knee. And then even at the end, when him and Rachel were talking, he was somewhere else. He is not the same guy that we have seen all season. Even when they were professing their love to one another, you could see that his mind was still with his mom and with his dad. And I hope that after this season, he has gone to hash all that stuff out with a therapist or within his family or whatever, because it is clear that he has a lot of unresolved issues. And that really came out like I almost feel like the Bachelor producers who probably forced him to have that conversation with his dad ended up shooting themselves in the foot for that because that's what fucked up the season. That's what started to put doubt in his head. And then his conversation with his mom just perpetuated that doubt. And look what we ended up with. Not that it's all about entertainment, like good for Matt for not getting down on one knee just because that's what the show's all about. And good for him for recognizing that he wasn't at that point with them. But I feel like in his mind, he's always going to be scared to get to that point with someone because he doesn't want to let anyone down like his mom was let down and he obviously takes his mom's word very seriously he saw how much she hurt when he was growing up and he doesn't want to do that but I also feel like his mom there was a time and a place like why why didn't you have that conversation before I feel like she just wants him for herself I know that's probably not the case but that relationship seemed very codependent and weird to me and since Matt clearly takes his mom's opinions to heart can we get her to talk to him about that beard It has got to go. It was so bad. I I just, I'm always going to wonder if Matt's mom wouldn't have said that to him, what would the outcome of the season have been? I think he was always going to pick Rachel, but I don't think it would have gone down with Michelle like that. I'm just always going to wonder how would things have gone if Matt's mom didn't say what she said? I was on a roll last night with my live tweets and when Michelle was really crying, I was just watching her cry and I tweeted, really really thought-provoking stuff. I tweeted, crying is such a weird thing when you really think about it. (laughs) I wasn't drinking wine or anything. That was a totally sober thought. Then we get to after the final rose. It was a very awkward after the final rose. Emmanuel did such a good job, and I knew that he was going to ask the hard-hitting questions that normally, it doesn't even, not even having to do with everything that happened after the season. But just in general, I feel like he asked things and I'm always like, man, I wish they would ask that. Like he asked Michelle, 
how Michelle felt about Rachel's pictures and tweets and things that she had liked on Instagram. And I feel like that wouldn't have been done in the past. She would have just focused on Michelle or Chris Harrison would have just focused on Michelle. Also, normally on After the Final Rose, Chris, you know, he doesn't have too much to say and the conversation is very shallow. So it's a lot of let's take a look back at their journey. And then you spend five minutes watching what you just watched and then they talk for like a minute and then that's it. Well, there was none of that during the After the Final Rose. And I feel like they should adopt that going forward because it worked for me. I just feel like Emmanuel had all the right questions. I also felt I tweeted that. Let me actually, let me just read it. I tweeted, Emmanuel's sports background is evident. It sounds like he's commentating a game while questioning Michelle and I don't mind it. And someone commented, interesting. He doesn't commentate games though. He's a sports analyst, whatever the fuck that is. I said, well, my point was that his delivery screams sports, but thanks for clearing that up, bud. I didn't say bud, but I should have. I just feel like everything that he said was very clear and concise and it didn't seem rehearsed, but it did seem he's just well spoken. Not that Chris Harrison isn't, but I've been watching some interviews with Emmanuel to the week leading up to the after the final rose. And he is just like his head is so clear. It makes me wonder, does he drink like is he totally sober? Because his mind, it, it just seems so clear, like he is so sharp. He just speaks so clearly and concisely and there's so much meaning behind it. And I just I really liked him last night. Michelle also looked stunning. Um, her conversation with Matt, I feel like he apologized, but I don't feel like he meant it. And then I love her energy at the end when she roasted him, talking about him kissing with his eyes open and saying, thanks for sharing. I feel like Michelle came with that energy like I'm about to be the bachelorette. I don't need you anymore. So, you know, she said I'm a very forgiving person, which I do believe. I just don't think that Matt meant that if he could that he could go back, he would change it. I don't I don't think that he really would, because even last night he wasn't open. He was very shut down and reserved. Then, you know, we brought Michelle out and I was very curious as to how she was going to play it because she seems like such a nervous Nelly and just like gets anxiety very easily. I thought she was going to come out and that was going to be apparent because it was apparent throughout the season. It was apparent during her statements that she made on Instagram. So I thought she was going to come out and play the like shaken card. Like I'm so nervous, but she came out and I also felt I, I really felt like her energy was confident. I felt like she was confident in most things that she said. I feel like she did get tripped up a little bit when Emmanuel was like, Walk me through the things that you've been doing to educate yourself. And she was like, look, I could sit here and name the pot. And she kind of spun it. She's like, I can name the podcasts and the books and the documentaries that I've been watching. But everyone just needs to take the time and go out there and find whatever works for them to, you know, go on their journey. I, I don't know what she said, but she dodged the question. I do feel like for the most part, though, she was accountable. She was honest. And I felt like I felt. I felt like I liked what I heard from her. I do think that she needs to continue on that journey. This doesn't mean that her hands are, you know, washed clean and we're all going to forget. She still needs to do the work, put in the work. And I feel like she will because she wants Matt back. But Emmanuel straight up asked Matt, is the door even slightly open for Rachel? And he dodged the question 1000%. He went on a tangent and he said this a few times during last night's interview, like I can't do the work for her and she has to do it. He said that a few times. I feel like Emmanuel is trying to get more out of him. He kept trying to ask questions to go deeper, but Matt was keeping it very surface level. Like we couldn't get past that barrier with Matt. He would not let us. And it was so obvious that 
Rachel wanted to be there for him. She was like squeezing his shoulders and holding his hands. And it didn't seem like Matt wanted that. It seemed like he was very hurt by Rachel, which I wasn't expecting. I actually thought that Matt felt the pressure to break up with Rachel and that's why he did it. But it became very obvious to me last night that that is not the case at all. He was very hurt by her actions. Not that I didn't think that he was hurt by her actions, but I felt like their connection was very strong and I felt like he was going to be that rock for her and help her learn. But that's also before the conversation with his dad. And I feel like things have changed since I've seen that. Like I said before, I've known that he was going to pick Rachel and that they were no longer together for, I don't know, a few weeks now. So I was anticipating all of this. I just was expecting the reasoning for their breakup to be different. Just like he felt pressure to, you know, pick a black girl as opposed to a white girl. Or he said he was feeling pressure from both sides, his white side to pick a white girl, a black side to pick a black girl. He talked about that pressure that he felt on the very first episode. So I kind of felt like that same pressure applied to him breaking up with Rachel, like he has to break up with her to prove a point. That's what I felt prior to seeing after the final rose and seeing his emotion. I mean, he, he couldn't even talk. And then Emmanuel said, do you guys want to have one final embrace? Which is weird that he called it an embrace. And it was so awkward. I just feel like Matt, I, I like what happened after they walked off the stage? Did they talk? I feel like Matt just probably went to a corner and cried. Like his energy was just so sad. I really hope that he is talking to someone and I hope that he can work through the issues that he has. And I hope that him and Rachel down the line can work things out because you can tell that she really you cannot deny how much she loves him. Then we ended the episode with Katie and Michelle coming out. And Katie, fucking hell, Katie just said, hi. And I was instantly annoyed. I've been on the fence with how I feel about her being the bachelorette. But a sec, the second she said hi, I was like, ew, I don't like her. And I tweeted that. I said, Katie said hi, and I'm already annoyed. And someone said, well, then don't watch then. And so I went to this bitch's profile. Her bio on her Twitter says, don't tell me what to do. Yeah, that's what it is. Hate being told what to do. So I said, all Katie said was hi, and I'm already annoyed by her. And then this girl said, then don't watch. And so I said, I said, don't tell me what to do. And I put a screenshot of her bio up and she never responded. I feel like Katie followers are real intense people. I just feel like Katie has been after being the bachelorette and now she is and she's on her high horse. And I feel like she's disregarding everything that's happened this season and everything that we've talked about. And it's just annoying to me. And I also just, oh, I don't know. She annoys me. I'm, I, I don't, I feel like she's a bootleg version of Caitlin Bristow and I don't want it. I am excited for Michelle's season though. So I'm more excited for Bachelor in Paradise and Michelle's season. I will watch Katie's season regardless, but I just feel like she's like, she's just saying all the right things. Like I, I feel like it's so rehearsed. I'm the best version of myself right now. And I just feel like I'm in a really good place and I'm ready to find my husband. Like, I just feel like she's watched The Bachelor all of her life and she just knows exactly what to say. And I feel like the producers are going to hate her. I feel like she's going to be a handful. And Reality Steve has started tweeting some of the pictures of the guys that are going to be on her season. And let me tell you, douche city USA. It is so bad. I'm going to put a slide of the guys that I know so far are going to be on her season. And let me just tell you. I know sometimes looks can change based off a of personality, but holy shit, these guys are bad. So the first guy that you're going to see, I don't know all of their names, but I'll put the pictures up in order of how I'm talking about them. So this first guy was definitely um, enrolled at Fuckboy University, did not graduate. 
The next guy is a Dale knockoff. He is wearing a cross necklace. Might as well be a ball chain or a puka shell necklace with a baseball tee like, hi, 2005 called. They want their Mervyn's ad back. The next guy appeared to be cute in one of the pictures that was posted. And then I creeped his Instagram and got another look at him. And he looks like a fucking rug rat. This next guy. Oh, I'm posing with the dog. This guy definitely has five beers and is blacked out. Like he is a drunker McDrunkerson. He just looks like that type of guy. Like beer bones on the beach, bruh. The next guy. Uh, what is wrong with your hair? Why? Why is don't trust a guy with hair like that? What? What's the deal with that? I don't I don't understand. The next guy has hella pictures with his ex-girlfriend on Reality Steve's page. Like that was all he could find. So he was clearly in a serious relationship for a long time. But this guy looks like he constantly has shit stuck in his teeth. Like, look at those chompers. Basically, what I'm trying to say is so far, the guys are not looking good. And I am I'm basically going to be here for the train wreck for Katie's season. My guy friend did not move forward with the process. He was like, I couldn't even pretend to like that girl. <laughs> all in all, I didn't feel like Matt's season was bad. I really enjoyed it. It was just here at the end that it kind of turned into a train wreck. And I'm sad that it ended like that. But I really hope that Matt finds the help that he needs and works through his issues and maybe... Uh, stops taking all of his mom's advice. I hope that Rachel continues to work on herself. I really hope that the two of them can reconnect down the road. And on the heels of the next season of The Bachelorette with Katie, I'm going to really try, besides the guys, once all the guys are released, all the pictures, I'll do another episode where I review all of them with their names. You'll be able to look at it on my website. By the way, my website's broken. I don't know what the fuck happened, you guys. I've been trying to work on it myself, and I screwed something up, I think. I don't know how I did it, but... I can't, when I go to my website, I go down to my posts. I can't click on any of them like they're there, but I can't click on any of them. So I had to go to my Instagram because I talked about the chicken recipe and I had to swipe up because you can't just go to my website and pull it. So if anyone knows anything about websites or knows someone that knows, I, I'd be willing to pay. I, I just need help getting it back up and running. So someone, if you if you can help me, please reach out. I reached out to GoDaddy. They couldn't help me. I reached out to WordPress, didn't hear anything back. I don't know where... I don't know who I would reach out to to get this issue resolved. Anyways, when I have pictures of all the guys, I will review them. We'll go through every single one of them. And that's about all for me as far as spoilers go. I really tried to stay away with Matt's season, but it was impossible. So I'm going to try again with Katie's season. I'm going to try to stay off reality, Steve. I'm going to try to avoid, avoid spoilers because I really like talking about it on the podcast, not knowing the outcome. I like being on the, in the same boat as you. It's almost harder to talk about it when I'm tiptoeing around things that you don't know about. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at what the Chuck podcast rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend, buy some merch off my store. I'm going to get a link together, a link tree together today. So by tomorrow, when you're listening to this, you'll be able to find a link tree in the bio of my podcast page. It'll link to my podcast. If you don't know how to find it, it'll link to my merch store and it'll link to my website, which isn't really working right now, but it's a work in progress. OK, thanks for being here. I'll talk to you next week. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Instagram at What the Chuck Podcast.